Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining us on the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If these messages have blessed your life, go ahead and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button inside the podcast app. And if your life has been impacted by this ministry, would you consider supporting it financially so that we can continue to love God, love people, and prove it? You can give by visiting hope615.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you are blessed through today's message. Here's what I want to do. New sermon series. Uh, Jared kind of set that up for you. And I want to I start with really asking you some questions to think about this. Uh, and I know some of you, I know the families are going to be like, yep, that's me. Here we go. You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you would say you enjoy going to theme parks? You don't have to raise your hand. I know who you are. You know, think about it with me. The amazing rides, the attractions, the entertainment. It's like, yeah, it's good. And so many of you, I know many of you in this room at some point, you have been to Orlando, Florida, and you probably spent way too much money there. Am I right? Yeah, it's expensive. But, but here's what that means about you. It means you're a theme park enthusiast, some of you. And so what that means is before you even go on the trip, you, you plan and you prepare and you read the reviews. Why? Because you want to make the most out of your time while you're at the theme park, right? Thank you. I, I, I know this because I've done this. Most of you don't realize Shauna and I got engaged to be married on Disney property. Little known fact. I'm going to save that whole story for another sermon. But if you're this theme park enthusiast and you're all about it, you probably did what I did. You've read the books. You've done all the, all the online research. You realize that it's important for you to be some of the first people up very early, to be at the gates to the theme park as the gates are opened. Are you with me? Why? Because you want to beat the crowds of people. And then when the gates open, you can run as fast as you can, even though they tell you not to run to your favorite attraction, right? And on the count of three, let's just all say out loud what our favorite attraction is at the theme park. One, two, three. Okay, whatever that was, I don't know. And watch, here's what you do. You're there. Before that very first experience of your day is even over, you're not even done with it, you are thinking about what's next. What am I going to do next? I got here early. I got in. I got to the first attraction. I'm not even finished with it, and I'm already thinking about what's next. And so I'm starting this new sermon series today, and we're going to talk about what Scripture teaches related to what it means to live in the now or to live in the present. And so, here you are. We've all come together today for worship. If you are the person, listen to me, friends, where you kind of struggle to be content. If you're the person who who just has a hard time being present with people, If you're the person who tends to always be thinking about what's next, I think this sermon series is going to be really, really great for you. And so each week we're going to have a different focus. Next week as we gather together, I'm going to talk to you about how this applies in our families 
Many of you in this room are married. How does this apply to your marriage? If you're a parent, how does this apply to you with your own children, with your kids? If you're single in relationships, we're going to talk about all that. Instead of always thinking about the future, how do we learn to live in the present? What, What is now? And then I'm really pumped about something I've kind of been holding back to talk to you about, but two weeks from today, we'll talk about this as it applies to the church. Specifically, our church, Hope Fellowship Church. How do we, as the people of Hope Fellowship Church, how do we live in the present according to what God's Word says to us in a way that would honor Jesus, but at the same time, how do we look forward to our future? And so I'll have the opportunity to talk to you about some next steps and what is next for Hope Fellowship Church. But for today... We're going to just start with some self-assessment. You're like, oh, great, great. This is just good. Self-assessment is where we're going to start. Here's the question. Just you. Don't worry about the person on your right. Don't worry about the person on your left. This is just you as an individual. Is it possible? Here's the question. Is it possible for you to be too focused on the future Is it possible for you to just think about that too much of the time, so much so that you potentially are missing out on what God has for you now? Do you think that happens? I think it happens quite often for many of us. The Bible speaks to this. Several verses I could share. I want to start off today with an Old Testament verse in the book of Proverbs. Look with me. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 20. The text says this, just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. Now think about that. Just as death is never satisfied, so human desire, all of us as individuals, human desire is never satisfied. For most all of us in this room, all of you, no matter who you are, no matter what stage of life, for most of you in this room today, we seem to always keep longing for more. And then whenever we get what we want, you know what we do, we begin to crave for whatever we determine should be next. Well, that was good for now, but now that that's over, what's next? And and I want you to really think about this with me this morning. What if? What if we all together as a church learn that put your desires in the right direction, it can actually be a really good thing that can help you in your walk with Jesus Christ. And so think about all these desires. If, If I were to interview every person in the gym today, I think most all of us would have something a little bit different that we would say kind of is the next thing we're thinking about. And it would be different. For some of us, it's it's things. For some of us, it's relationships that you're thinking about. For some of it, it's feelings that you desire to be fulfilled. And some of these things, church, can be good, and some of them, of course, can be bad. Let me tell you how desire is defined. Desire is defined as a strong feeling of wanting to have something 
or, or hoping for something to happen. You know what I'm talking about. I really hope this happens. I have this strong desire that, that this might happen in the very near future. Now, for example, just a minute ago when I was talking about theme parks and I started off the sermon, for a few of you, that is all it took. And just because I talked about that immediately, you might still be thinking about it right now. You're thinking about, man, I wonder when the next time I can go to Orlando is. You're planning out this trip, your next vacation in your mind right now. That's all it took. And you might say, well, can't theme parks are not my deal. I did that. And you know, if you've done that Orlando thing, you usually come home more drained and tired than you were when you left. Amen? It's exhausting. So maybe for you, it's something else. We're about to, you know, we're about to start the football season. Anybody with me? Thank you. I don't know who your team is. We're not going to get into shouting wars. You know, I didn't see the Titans preseason game. It's, oh, they look good. They look real good. Did they? I don't know. Maybe it's not football for you. It could be anything. Where is your energy being spent? What is next for you? What are you thinking about? What are you dreaming about? For some of you, for Drew, a car. Where are you, Drew? Y'all, he didn't even tell the story. A daggum tree, a gigantic tree this past week, fell over, not only onto Lindsay's car, but to a friend's car in their driveway and into their home. The car's totaled. I'm just going to put it out there. In the history of Hope Fellowship Church, we've had four or five people donate cars. Maybe someone in this room would like to donate a car. That would be a blessing, would it not? Okay. Now, I'm not sure anybody's going to donate this next one. For you, the next thing you're thinking about is a bigger house. Yeah, Hope Fellowship Church for giving away homes. All right, here we go. Yeah, you want to see the attendance numbers just enlarge? High attended Sunday. They're giving away a $500,000 home. Sign me up for that. What about this one? You thinking about that new pair of tennis shoes you want to get? Oh, yeah. Maybe you don't like your cell phone, so you want a new, better cell phone. It could be different. We're, we're laughing, you know, having fun here. But maybe for you, what's next is you, you are just trying to soothe some pain deep down in your soul, and so you, you self-medicate. That's what's next for you. You're already thinking about, what can I self-medicate? Whether, whether that, I don't know what that is, whether it's alcohol, whether it's a pill, it, it could be a pint of ice cream. I don't know what it is. But this desire, here's what I do know, this desire that we're talking about today, us always thinking about what's next, it is something that God has embedded deep within us, and it is not to be inherently evil. We tend to think of it that way, but it can be used, obviously, for good purposes and for bad purposes. Let me just point this out to you. Think about what happened in the book of Genesis. Some of you in this room are Bible scholars. In the book of Genesis, the very first sin that man committed was brought about by a desire for what God had forbidden. Just think about this with me. Look at the text. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. 
So, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, took of its fruit, ate it. And she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate it. Now, now you know the backstory, most of you, but just in case you don't, let me remind you, God had commanded mankind not to eat fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. However, because they were deceived into thinking, you know, it can't be wrong, it can't be that bad. They were deceived into believing that if they ate this fruit, it would be desirable. And you know what happened? Man fell into the trap of sin. Do you realize how good life had been? I mean, come on. Adam and Eve were living in paradise. God had given them absolutely everything they needed. They didn't need a thing. And all they had to do, look at this, was live in the present. That's all they had to do. Live in the present. Enjoy everything that God has provided. And there was only one thing. One thing. God says to Adam and Eve, all of this is yours. But you see that one tree over there? Leave it alone. Leave it alone. One tree. But instead of living in the present, they were deceived. And they started thinking in their minds about what might be next. What might be next? So what did they do? They disobeyed God. And they broke the command that God had given them. What about you and me? Are we really all that different? Here's what I believe is I've really thought about this. I think for most of us, most of us in this room, we spend more time thinking about what is next instead of just living in the present and I believe that when we do this, life gets really, really, really out of balance for many of us. For example, let's just, let's make some assumptions. Let's say that you're here this morning and you are not at all satisfied with your job. In fact, the fact that I just brought it up, you're like, well, you just ruined my sermon. That means you're really dissatisfied with your job. And so what tends to happen when you're not satisfied with your job, you're probably looking around you're searching the internet, you're looking for job opportunities so that you might find your next job that, of course, will just be absolutely amazing. It's going to be the greatest job you've ever had in your life. Mm -hmm. And all the time you're chasing after that and looking for it, I would propose that you're not making the most out of where you are right now. You know what I'm talking about. I have a, I have many of you in this room, you're single. And it's hard. Dating is hard. Amen, single people? <laughs> Who said preach? Okay. There's a whole story there, and we're not going to chase that today. So to my single friends in the room... Whether you're in high school, whether you're a young adult, I, I, it's just, this is a hard thing. 
Listen to me. Think about this with me. I, and I know what you say. You're like, bro, you've been married 30 years. Hush. You don't know what it's like. I, you're right. I don't, I don't truly understand it. But I do have three single daughters. I love my girls. And I, I want to understand how difficult this is. And so for them, and for many of you, what, what I think happens a lot of the time there, there is this focus, and I, I understand, there's a focus on trying to think about who, who is going to be next, who's the person, where is he, where is she, because you want that, you want that relationship, I understand. But what I believe happens while we are so focused on that next relationship, I believe we're missing out on what is in the present, listen to me, on some incredible friendships, and we're just like kicking them to the curb. Because we're, we're just missing out on the present. What about this one? This is going to hit everybody up. What about money? Do any of you in this room ever think about money? Your response might be, yeah, I think about it. I don't have enough, I think. I, I don't know what you think. And it tends to happen when it, you know, you, you get the bills, you watch the paycheck, it's like money in, money out, what just happened? And so you're trying to do your best to figure out how to make this work. You're thinking about what needs to be next with the money, where does it need to go, what needs to happen? And let me just say this, if you're here today and you realize that you are not honoring the Lord in the present with the money that he has given to you, it's impossible for you to get to this place where you will find hope and answers and financial freedom. You, all I'm going to say is you, you just cannot completely ignore what the Bible teaches about money and expect that you can figure it out on your own. We have to look to God's word. Scripture teaches us to honor God with a tithe. And so whether it's money thing for you or a relationship thing for you or whatever it is, whatever you're thinking about, where your thoughts are going, the real question is, where do we go from here? Enough of this. I get where you're going. Let's talk about this. What I want to do is ask you to look at 1 Peter chapter 4, and I want us to identify some very practical steps that you can actually apply in your life today and this week that I believe will help you, listen to me, live in the present while honoring Jesus Christ. Look at 1 Peter 4. We're going to read verses 7 through 11. The text says this, And the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you, you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as the one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Four truths. If you're a note taker, I would ask you to write down these four truths out of 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. Number one, 
be alert. Be alert. Now, listen to me. Once I tell you to be alert, you have to realize what it says after be alert. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may, this, this text says, pray. What most of us tend to do in today's culture is this. We're very alert. The sky is falling. I just read this on social media. President Trump said this. The liberals said that. It's, it's, you know, it's like a train wreck. We're very alert. We're very sober of it. But normally, I don't know that we pray about it like the Bible says to. We're alert, but we tend to complain. Or we tend to go on a rant. Be alert. Be of sober mind, Christian. Why? Oh, so that you may, you may pray. You may pray about these things. Okay, I can do that. Can, can we do that? Number two, this text says to me is, hey, I need to love deeply in the present. Love deeply. What does that mean? To love super, not, not, not just a superficial kind of love. Not, not just a love that would be convenient. Not just loving people because they're easy to love. No, love deeply. The text says, above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. The third truth I say to you that you should take note of out of 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11 is just simply be nice. Be nice. I don't know whether to throw this out there. Jared said no. Someone else said yes. I'm going for it, Jared. Sorry. How many of you are familiar with the artist Will I Am? I don't know the guy very much. I, I couldn't tell you three songs he's, he's done. I know his name, though. There, there's this uh, new NBC TV show called Songland, and he was on one of the prior episodes, Will I Am. And he was lit, how Songland works. By the way, this is the song that my daughter Macy, uh, the show, I'm sorry, uh, wait. Macy's going to be on Songland in a week and a half. Wednesday night, August 21st is her episode, okay? And so anyway, got to tune in, got to watch that. Um, but here's where I'm going. Point number three, be nice. So this Songland, how it works, like four artists come on the show, or songwriters, and y'all have seen the show Shark Tank. And you know on Shark Tank, like the entrepreneur will pitch their business idea to the judge. Same type deal with Songland. Songwriters walk in. They pitch their song to these, you know, famous music people. Uh, so, so the song that won on Will I Am's episode has a great hook. <laughs> I, I really should have enlisted the band for this, but it's kind of a rap vibe, and it goes something like this. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I, okay. Y'all are way too excited about this, okay? All right. I don't even have the beat. Be different. Be nice. Just smile. I promise it'll change your life. Be different. Be nice. Just smile. 
I promise it'll change your life. How about that? What was that? Hey, wait. I don't know. I just, they teach me these things. And we're doing a sermon. Okay, back to reality. Point number one, be alert. Point number two, love deeply. Point number three, be nice, people. That's what the Bible says. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. We need more nice, don't we? Gee, okay. And then truth number four out of this little text, 1 Peter 4, serve and speak for God's glory. Look at it. Look at it. Just, here's what I read. Each of you use whatever gift you have received to serve others. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. Good grief. This is like so crystal clear. Be alert, love deeply, be nice, serve and speak for God's glory. And, and I would just say, in order to live out this text, in order to live in the present, here, some of you are right now, you're saying, man, I can't do that. Some of you would say, oh, preacher, I'm not wired that way. God didn't make me that way. Listen to me. It's not about what you can do in your own strength. It's not. Here's what you have to do. We talked about this in the office this week. You have to learn to preach the gospel to yourself. You're like, what? Monica and Jake went home to visit family in Buffalo a few weeks ago. And the church that Jake grew up in, the pastor, I listened to that guy's sermon this week. And at the end of his sermon, he started talking about this idea. You have to preach the gospel to yourself every day. What does that even mean? In order for us to be alert, to love deeply, to be nice, to serve and speak God's glory, all of that, all of that overflows up out of you when you understand, I am a new creation through Jesus Christ. Because of what happened at the cross, the old is gone in me and the new has come. I'm forgiven. I am a child of God. I am his ambassador. You realize that God has made you in his image for his glory. And so we need to learn what it means to preach the gospel to ourselves, to hold on to that, to rest in it, to abide in it. And then the fruit that will come out of our lives, it's going to happen. Uh, we, we talked about this. Shauna and I went to Oklahoma City this last week. It was my mom... Her 90th birthday, 9-0. Wow. She's doing okay. She's doing okay. She didn't want a big celebration, so we went to my brother Keith's house, and, and he smoked some ribs. They were okay. Probably not as good as what we're going to have next Sunday. They were okay. What do you think, Shauna? I don't, I don't think my brother Keith listens to the audio files of my sermons. So, Keith, if you're listening, I love you. You're great. Because I love him. But we had a good time. We ate some food. Mom, all she said is, I'd like for you guys to go to church with me on Sunday morning. We, we went to church together. That was all awesome. 
But let me just tell you what happened. Go back to, to my home in Oklahoma City, spend time with my mom, who doesn't get around very well, and then spending time with Shauna's mom and dad, who are not, y'all, they're just not, they're not doing good at all. They're not good at all. They're in a very difficult season of life. And so it gave me this great opportunity to consider how important it is to make the most of every single minute, to live in the present. I desire to make the most out of every minute with the people God has given me in my life. And so with Shauna's dad, it's heartbreaking. He's had strokes. He can no longer even get out of the bed and get into a wheelchair without assistance. Um, he can't talk, can't communicate what he needs. He can't go to the bathroom anymore on his own. It's hard. And so Shauna's mom does her best to take care of him. She's in bad health. She doesn't feel good. Her, her emotions spiritually, physically, mentally, her, her tank is just empty. And you watch this play out. And so as much as we can, while we were there, we tried to help. He basically spends about half of his day in bed, and about half of the day we, with assistance, move him to a recliner back and forth. And, and uh, I guess the last night we were there, Myself and Josh, one of the nephews, we were helping get her dad into bed. And, and you know, you just go through the motions and you take things for granted. And as I, I helped roll him over and get him positioned where he might be comfortable, I just thought, Lord, this would be a great time to pray. And so I just did, and I laid my hands on him, and I prayed over him. And it was, it was, it was powerful. And then when we got ready to leave my mom's house, she realizes how fragile this season is. My mom is not really a crier when it comes to saying goodbye, see you next time. But she wept. It's not like my mom. And then we hugged again. And she cried again. Because we don't know. We don't know what the future holds. You don't know what the future holds. And so whoever God has placed in your life now, in this present moment, your spouse, your kids, the people you normally take for granted as I do, you know what I'm talking about. The people that we tend to say things we probably shouldn't say and do things we regret doing, those people make the most of every moment. Live in the present. It if there was some way we could live every single day of our life not knowing if we have tomorrow, because we really don't know what a difference that would make. 
Instead of chasing after temporary things that don't last, would you instead say, God, would you allow me today and this week to begin to focus on what is eternal, treasures that will never, ever be lost? Whether that's something as simple as a spoken prayer or looking someone in the eyes and telling them, I love you, or something as simple as a hug, or words of encouragement to your child as they start back to school again. Whatever it is, God will guide you. He will show you. And in all these things, we can look to texts like 1 Peter. We can be alert so that we might pray. We can love deeply. We can be nice. And we can serve and for God's glory. How do you do that? Just begin to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to yourself so that you might never forget, so that you might daily be reminded of what unconditional love is really, really all about. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, for myself, and I think for many of us in this room, most days of the week, our, our minds and hearts are all over the place. Sometimes we look in directions that honor you, and sometimes we don't. And God, our desire as a follower of your Son, Jesus Christ, is that we would honor you in all things. So God, begin to work in us, remind us, refresh us, show us exactly how you desire for us to live in a way that would not only bring you honor and glory. Yes, we want that. But God, we also want to be an impact, starting in our own homes, with our spouses, with our children, with our families, and the other relationships that you've given us. God, use us, change us for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um, the, the ultimate thing today at the heart of everything I'm talking about really is the gospel. Well, what is the gospel? The gospel is this. God loves you, and He loves you so much that He chose to send His Son, His sinless, perfect Son, Jesus Christ, into this world. And Jesus Christ ended up going to the cross. He gave His life at Calvary as the ultimate sacrifice. Back in the Old Testament days, you remember sacrifices were offered over and over again. Why? To make things right between man and God. But through Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, by trusting in Him, by acknowledging He is Savior and Lord, that one-time sacrifice of the Son of God allows us to have a relationship with the Heavenly Father. It's amazing. And I don't know if you've ever come to grips with all of that. But I believe the Lord brought you here today to encourage you through God's Word and to be reminded that God loves you. He's a plan for your life. Well, thanks again for listening to the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If you're interested in becoming more connected at Hope Fellowship Church, 
please visit hope615.com slash get connected.